1: Des Moines Sports Desk, this is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
2: And I'm Trent Condon. Former Iowa State guard Matt Thomas has signed a three-year deal with the Toronto Raptors. Thomas averaged over 11 points per game this season for Valencia Basket in the Spanish Basketball League. The summer baseball season is over for Iowa baseball and basketball player Connor McCaffrey. McCaffrey was batting 170 for the Albany Dutchman. According to a report from Mark Singlis of the Albany Times Union, McCaffrey suffered a wrist injury that will keep him out two to three weeks. A light slate in Major League Baseball yesterday, but not a light night for Josh Bell of the Pirates over the Cubs. And there's a line drive
1: deep to right field. Ring your bell, Mr. All-Star. One week from tonight, he'll be in the Home Run Derby. Little preview for you. A fly ball to right field. Ring your bell again. Josh Bell has homered twice. That's hammered to right center field. And it's gone.
2: The call from AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh as the Pirates roll 18-5. Brewers with an 8-6 win in Cincinnati, and Christian Yelich goes deep for the 30th time this year. Deals an 0-2. Yelich down the left field line. Deep. And it is going to be gone. A home run. Tonight in MLB, the Cubs at the Pirates for Game 2 of that series. Kyle Hendricks off the IL will get the start for the Cubs. Game 2 for the Brewers in Cincinnati. The White Sox host the Tigers' Royals at home for Cleveland. And late night, the Twins are in Oakland while the Cardinals are in Seattle with Jack Flaherty on the bump. Hear that game right here on 1460 KXNO. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day long on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1: Live from the Wild Rosie Known Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, they are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right,
0: good morning, everybody, and welcome to a, a Tuesday edition of Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO with you for the next couple of hours recapping and previewing uh, the world of sports here uh, and looking forward to doing so. Busy show coming up in the first hour of the program. Our first guest is going to be Frank Schwab. We're going to do an NFL bit here today as the NFL in their final couple of weeks, their, you know, really their last... Down period and maybe the only down period on the NFL schedule, which is, you know, if the NFL had their way, a 52 week of the year season, but it's the, you know, once the mini camps and the OTAs, that's in the rear view mirror. You get that kind of five week, six week, whatever it is, uh, kind of break. Peter King goes on vacation. That's how I always. Uh, was able to figure out what the downtime is of the NFL. But we're going to do some uh, NFL with Frank Schwab. He is previewing his top 32 teams. Now, full disclosure, uh, Frank Schwab previewed the Denver Broncos today. But as Frank will tell you, uh, I reached out to him prior to knowing the Denver you believe this right mm-hmm. no it's true
2: yeah sure sure, uh-huh.
0: sure. No, honestly it's true uh, <laughs> uh, but um, we we'll, we'll we'll talk NFL with Frank I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know we haven't done an NFL piece in a while so mm-hmm. we will do that uh, here coming up at uh, 10 25 10 30 somewhere in there Matt postens covers the big 12 he had to bail on us at the last minute last week so we're gonna get Matt Postens in here rescheduled him we'll do some big 12 boy by the way if you're a big 12 basketball fan boy Travis Hines wrote a really good piece. College basketball talk, and if you uh enjoy Travis Hines, it should come to no surprise that he wrote a good piece because mm-hmm. he's a good writer, after all. College basketball twi- uh, talk, the Big Twelve offseason. And you know what, Trenton, you thank uh, thank you, by the way, mm-hmm. for sending me the big ten off season kind of prospectus. Our buddy Scott Phillips did that I one know. who we've had on from time Absolutely. to time too. And um, you just forget so much, right? It yeah, seems the yes. season's only a couple of months gone, but you know, who left this team and who's coming to this team and why will they still be relevant and yeah, they were bad last year, but watch out for this year type of thing. If you're a Big Twelve fan, uh Travis Hines great piece, and as Trent mentioned, Scott Phillips did likewise on the Big Ten,
2: I've yet to read it, but I will and I don't know was I in Vegas when it came out? <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, you were I think just getting back from it when uh when Scott's piece came out and had it in the save tab. We never got to it, one of those kind mm-hmm. of deals, but we got plenty of time to to talk a little off season here. Just I haven't looked the Big Twelve yet. By Travis, did he have them listed one through ten a predicted yeah, order? He did. Who did he have tenth? Because I saw a power ranking last week, mm-hmm. and it was eye opening to me. It was Texas in the tenth spot.
0: Uh, he doesn't have Texas in the 10 spot. He's got West Virginia in the 10. In fact, he's a lot higher on Texas than the uh,
2: the one that you saw. Texas, he has five. And that one that I saw, it was from 24-7 Sports. I was overlooking at Alex Halstead's side over at Cyclone Alert, and they had West Virginia fourth and Texas 10th. Really? A wide range this year, it sounds like, in the Big 12. So maybe after the top few few teams, there's going to be a real battle for those those,
0: uh, other places. Got Iowa State 4. I want you to read the article. I'm not going to spoil it. I want you to click on it. Cost you nothing to click on it. (laughs) Right? I don't understand. I'm not clicking on that. I'm not going to give him credit for my click. Really? It's a click of a mouse. Yes. I never understood it. Anyways, uh, he has, um, no surprise, he's got Kansas getting back to the top of that mountain again and it's more than Isaiah Moss. It's bouquet coming back. That helps. Um, it certainly does. And Texas Tech, after the historical season and the run that they went on last year, you just wonder if they're going to become a in the state of Texas a dare I say no basketball school. Are, you're,
2: you're going there? Huh? Well, I that's that's a stretch a little bit. I mean, you just it's almost impossible to think that Texas Tech. In West Texas is uh-huh. going to become a basketball power. Beard's awesome. Yeah. Was it a blip though? Was it just I mean, a couple of year blip? A confluence of everything coming together. You get this ridiculously talented guy in Culver mm-hmm. to go there. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to win the national championship. They, they were a couple of plays away yes, from doing just that. How about that? Yes. Something that seems impossible.
0: It does. Well, we'll see. It's a great read. I encourage you all, if you're a basketball fan um, and you're a Big 12 fan, very, very entertaining read. And as we mentioned, just it's only been a couple of months, but man, how quickly you move on from one sport to the other. And it's mm-hmm. a great refresher is what it is. Uh, so we will uh, talk to Matt Postens on the Big 12 about 1045. And then our weekly guests are Around the World of Sports with Zubin Mahente from ESPN, from Sports Center uh, We'll catch up with Zubin at about 1120. Always look forward to this segment. We will bounce around and Zubin will be prepared. Um, we don't give me the topics in advance. We don't need to. No. He's, uh, he's that. Good he's that quick and that knowledgeable? and I uh, look forward to that conversation looking forward to women's soccer this afternoon, it's England, it's the u s a and I kind of sense a little animosity between these two countries' programs, yeah, a
2: little little back and forth yeah, and I
0: mean, I, for whatever reason the um the Americans are seen as you know, not big bullies, but mm-hmm. They kind of think they're, you know what doesn't stink is kind of how the other the rest of the world sees this program. I don't
2: know. Over the last two decades, can't you kind of feel that way though? If well, you're the
0: U.S. women's team. I, in my opinion, look, and I, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to beat this dead horse. You go back to the game. Who did they beat in, in the first round? Was it Thailand? Oh, in in the in, in the first in, round this year when they we scored twenty something goals, whatever it was it was thirteen yes. nothing right in the celebrations, and yes. that was way way over the top mm-hmm. um so I, I get that that they that they have that reputation, but this can be a fun this can be a fun fun match here this afternoon. two o'clock Fox has it, and the winner will play for an opportunity to uh well to win the uh the world cup for the Americans case again, wouldn't that be something so two
2: o'clock you're locked and loaded, yes, I am now this is your adopted country hmm you Crack open a beer early? No, 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 no. no? I, never, I don't change
0: the routine. No, never. No, don't change the routine.
2: Wait, what time's the 8.30. Opener? Now 8.30. 8.30, yep, 830.
0: It keeps 830. getting pushed back. It does. I, I. Yeah, I don't know why, but but 8.30. Is that because it limits you? Yeah, by yeah. 9.30, I'm done. <laughs> 10 o'clock's dinner. Yeah. 10,
2: 9.45 dinner. Forty five dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your schedule it, it, and your routine. It, Creature of habits. I get a kick out of it every day. Pisses
0: my wife off to be. Oh, honest. I, I could only imagine. Because we can't, can't go out for dinner because I won't eat. You won't eat. Not at five thirty or six. So it's... I get mine to go and I sit at the table and just kind of. That's
2: a little odd. Yeah, she thinks the same way. That's really odd. Mm-hmm. So you will go out to eat. Uh huh. You're fine with that. Yep. As long as the schedule allows. Well, I'm not going back by six. Yeah. <laughs> so you go out. You order. Do you? Ha- you tell them right away. Hey, just box it's it up.
0: up uh, to go order. Yep. I'm not going to eat. Just make mine to go. You're a weird duck. <laughs> I, am. I am. All right, but let's move on from me and let's get to the Cubs because if you think I've got problems, Boy. it's true. Uh, this baseball team's got big, big problems, and here's their maybe one of their biggest problems, kind of. You know who they lost? And not, not, it's, not, it's not one of the roster guys. You know who they've lost?
2: David Kaplan. You mentioned that to me. Cappy is Cappy. out. I don't know if he's out. <laughs> But he's but frustrated. Yes. Yeah. And you know
0: Cappy, he's usually sunshines and balloons. <laughs> and what is it? seashell, sunshine, balloons, whatever that expression is. But he is always Mr. Positive, right? He always has, finds the silver lining. Yes. When the Cubs are getting a, going through a bad streak, he borrows Aaron Rodgers' R-E-L-A-X line, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Relax. They'll be fine. Uh, this team's not going to be fine. This team needs... Uh, An enema? Uh, (laughs) uh, This team needs something. Trent, I don't know if it's at the top. Uh, I don't know if it's in the manager's office. I think it's between... I mean, Albert Amore yesterday, a really good center fielder, begins the game by booting the ball around. And then it just got worse from there. I mean, Josh Bell, what a game he had.
2: Three homers, 25 on the year. Unbelievable.
0: lie was... Look, he's been really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a bad, he had a bad, bad performance yesterday.
2: And that's going to happen with young. He's pitchers. a rookie. Yes, right. He's a rookie. Totally agree
0: with you. Brock was awful. Wick was terrible. Kimbrel was worse. And in between, you forgot about Discalso Oh my God! I guess that's they why they keep him around. Him, right? I yeah. think that's why they keep him around. Um, I don't know where you start. But one of these guys that was look, I don't think Addison Russell is ever going to be the baseball player that we thought he was. He drove in ninety plus RBI in their championship season. That'll be a ninety high. plus for That'll sure. A, yes. But after I don't know, he has no one to blame it himself. Mm-hmm. Uh after he did what he did and uh he served the suspension, um he needs to change his scenery. The Cubs fan base needs to change his scenery. Absolutely. They are tired of They don't want him as part of their team. And I understand that he's not, he's not the player who has lost his position and he should. Javi Mm -hmm. Baez is a better shortstop. Yep. Addison Russell is not a liability, but he's not going to be anywhere close to the player we thought he was going to be. He is. And it was self-inflicted. A solid player. Solid player. Solid player. That needs a new
2: home. Not a building block. Not a, a guy that is untouchable, anything like that. And Theo said yesterday he had an interview where he said, We're looking at everything. Yeah. Does that mean Chris they Bryant? Should be. Mm. Chris Bryant's gonna break the bank. A he's a yes. Scott Boris client. Yep.
0: Uh A and B, you would get a bounty back for Chris Bryant. There's no doubt. You need pitching in the worst way. Mm-hmm. You need pitching in the worst way. Now you said yesterday, um, Kyle Hendricks limited to 75 pitches tonight. Yeah. This bullpen last night, their starter, Al Zelai,
2: You got it. alzali yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gave them two and two-thirds. So they are... The bullpen's going to be taxed again. Yes. Depleted. You got 75 pitches. Now, if there's anybody that you could handle throwing 75 pitches and be efficient, maybe get through you six would hope. Settings, yeah, it would be Kyle mm-hmm. Hendricks. But it's also... Hendricks off the IL. Right.
0: And then it's Quintana and then it's Darvish. And he can't trust either of those guys in the next two nights to take you deep into ball games. Mm-hmm. Quintana was better in his last start, but he, this is, this has hit the story of his career. One good start, three bad starts. One good start, three bad starts. Darvish gonna walk a ton of guys, gonna throw a ton of pitches. Team's in trouble.
2: This does not look like a team that is built for postseason. And for everybody that has gone out there and said, well, just, just go trade for a veteran. Go out and get Sean Doolittle to help the bullpen, and yeah. so it's not just Kimbrell. Go out, whatever your move is. It's all well and good, mm-hmm. but you have to have the prospects to make that move. It's
0: it's coming from the it's coming from this roster trend. The trade is going to come from. It's going to be an everyday player. I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, you can, you, you can't get anything for Descalzo. No, he can't. He's a throw-in. Yep. yep. Addison Russell, his his value is. I mean, you're getting ten cents on the dollar from what he once was Be- because Schwarber, of the transgressions. Right? Absolutely, Schwarber. He didn't dive last night. It's he good. didn't make the play. Um, you know what happened? If he would have dove, he wouldn't have made the play. Right? Yep. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Trent. You're gonna
2: that. That's all right. No, you you couple it with when you look at this organization and what they've done to get the world championship. There's no more Dan Vogelbach. And the and the here's the thing. And I agree with you. There isn't. There? And he
0: is. Did he make the All Star team? Yes. Yeah. How about that? Um, this window was wide open. Is this going to. Are we going to look back at this team kind of like we looked at the. Well, those guys only won one championship? Right. Yes. Yeah.
2: Are, are we starting to get that same feeling with this group? I think we're trending that direction. You know, if all of a sudden you said, boy, this team would look a lot different instead of Addison Russell if, I don't know, Labor Torres was there? Yeah. Or, and the outfield yeah. instead of Schwarber. You had Elo Jimenez. Mm hmm. I think a lot of people sign up for mm-hmm. that. Now, you got the championship and that is... I mean, that's what it was all of about. Course. Ending the curse, all these different things. You had to do that. But that window that you talk about and the way that, in my opinion, the Cubs, the front office overrated what they had. We talked about with Schwarber. Schwarber was overrated from that front office. From their perspective, they thought more highly of him than he actually was. And he's actually turned out to be. Doing that... Takes a step behind. Take, take, takes a step back for what this team is going to be. They need another starter. Yep. They need a left-handed reliever. Yep. Probably need even more bullpen help than that. And I think you need to add some more depth to this offense. Just there's too many guys scuffling. There's too many guys that look uncomfortable out there. And if it is making a monster deal, mm-hmm. now what would be a monster well, offensive player? Like <laughs> if you you trade Addison Russell or Kyle Schwarber, you, you know all the,
0: everybody. You know all the Cubs fans want. They want Whit Merrifield. I guess. Oh, okay. Of course you do. You want him at the top of your lineup? Yeah, yeah. You want to park him at second base? But here's the, the thing. The roster
2: doesn't have a leadoff
0: guy. No, they don't. Schwarber's not a leadoff guy. Um here's the thing. You're going to have to you, you just can't give him your garbage. Right? <laughs> you're you, you're not you, Descalzo Russell and you know, fill in the blank Brock, not Brock. getting that yes. done. Oh. You're going to have to give up something to get something. You've heard that a million times. It's true. You're going to have to get rid of a Hate to say it, a Bryant, a Contreras, a Schwarber to the American League. Something is, someone is going to have to go because this team right now is starting to look a whole lot like this Atlanta Braves team of the late nineties, as good as they were, but could only got there once. And you look back in that, and oh my God, how did this team only win one championship?
2: Yeah. Hamill's MRI. Did you see the latest on no, that? No,
0: it was the it was about to be res, um,
2: released today. Did it yesterday? What happened? Uh did that, that's all they said. Okay, all I today. Saw was, the results come today? Okay, yeah. Is that he underwent it, mm-hmm. and they hadn't seen anything further. Wondered if you'd picked anything up, but that's another concern here. And and coupled with this rotation as a whole, and Lester's getting old.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: Hamill's He's still good, still really good, still a horse, but. But how much longer? We saw Lester already on the IL. Mm-hmm. How many innings do you want to put on that arm? I think you'd want to keep that. or in the 170, 180 range with a playoff berth behind mm-hmm. it. Then pump it up there towards 200. And, and because we haven't seen the depth, and every time we see Chatwood finally get a start, and he's a disaster. It's awful. Alzalai, if this is something to come, continue with him, and all of a sudden the struggles come back. And yeah, as they pointed out last night, he's a rookie. What is this performance last night? What does it do to his confidence? He had to be feeling, he was walking on cloud nine. Hendricks, as we talked about, is just coming off uh-huh. the IL. It's just Jose Quintana. and mm. Can't trust him. No, it's one good, one bad, uh-huh. as you said many times before it. It's not a very good team right now. They're not, Trent.
0: Here's the thing. Cubs fans, last 46 games, 20 up, 26
2: down. Wow. Think about that. Twenty and twenty six in their last forty six. I didn't realize it was that bad. It was bad, I knew they're kind of probably teetering around that teetering off foot. That's straight six from that's strike from
0: Cappy. Twenty and twenty six in their last forty six. And now
2: looking up at the Milwaukee team? Brewers. Right. Brewers got it done last night uh-huh. and another homer for Yellows.
0: And, and here's another one. Um you know, for our Claxon's folks, I think every single one of them picked them to hit a home run this past weekend. Yeah. Uh why couldn't he have done this on the weekend? But it didn't happen. The good news is, is as of right now, no one in this division is running away and hiding. Mm-hmm. The Brewers are scuffling a little bit. The Cardinals pulled out a win over San Diego and extras on Sunday to avoid the sweep. They stay out on the west coast. Where are they? Oakland? they in uh, Oakland? No, the Twins are in Oakland. Yes, the Twins uh, are in they Oakland. They must be in San Diego. Where the hell are they? Seattle. Seattle, right. Right, Seattle. Up the coast of Seattle. Uh, but point being, you know, the two teams, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, two teams at the bottom of that division, they're hanging around. This is a great division. No one's running away with it. That's the silver lining. If you're a Cubs fan, eighty nine
2: wins. Does that win you this division?
0: The way everybody's playing right now. Now look, the Cubs have been the Cubs have been usually a pretty good second half team. Sure. Yep. Can you count on that this year with this team? Doesn't feel that way. Doesn't feel this way. Last 46, 20 and 26. And we have less than a month
2: until the trade deadline.
0: It's going to be, you know what? Uh, when it first when it first was announced that there's only going to be one trade deadline and the August moves that are no longer uh, going to be uh, part of baseball, I thought, eh, it's too bad. That was good because you know it's football. Everybody's football crazy. That gets us excited about a baseball move, mm-hmm. especially if it moves the needle here in uh, in this market. But I think it's going to be maybe not to the extent of the NBA and the NHL, but I think we're going to see movement like we haven't seen in a long time. I really do. Yeah. And as you said, we're in July. Could be
2: uh, teams that are making moves and Uh then... And you have to decide a lot earlier. Are you in or are you out? There are no Verlander deals in August. No. There's no more of that. You have to make a decision of what you are, what you're going to be. And if you're going to take a shot, you know, American League, a couple of surprise teams. Oakland, though, they were pretty good last year, Mm -hmm. too, along with Texas. Are you all in? Are you going to go for it this year? I think
0: Texas has to.
2: I think you're yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. I think you have to do that. Make those decisions, make the determination, and go out and do it. Future be damned. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say things like that, kind of end up in the spot that the Cubs are right now. And all that being said, they'd be hosting a wild card game. The Cubs would, if the playoffs started today. The Cubs would be hosting as yes. right now. Is they'd be right? br- they'd be welcoming the Phillies for right. one game playoff to move on and take on the Dodgers. and N L D S. yeah.
0: Well, interesting. Uh, we shall see. All right, we're going to uh, take a time out. We're going to switch gears into the NFL. We'll go Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. will you know, do the locals. Um, Tyree killed nothing yet, right? Do I know yeah. that the commissioner met with him at some point last uh, last week? There's been no resolution on that. Cream hunts back in the news again, although by all accounts, there's one of the police officers that were at the scene in Cleveland it was at a bar late at night. And there was an alterca- altercation, but apparently Hunt, the last report that I saw, according to this officer uh, who witnessed it, uh, Hunt was provoked. So he did not start it, and I don't know how far it went, but that was a big talker, at least uh, for some party yesterday. Anyways, we'll do the NFL with Frank Schwab. Matt Poston's got the Big 12 covered for us. We'll do that before we get to the 11 o'clock hour, and then Zubin Mahente, Trent and I will go around the world of sports. We're here until... Noon on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty
1: KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio Radio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO.
0: All right, welcome back, Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO. As promised, going to get into the NFL. Frank Schwab covers it for YahooSports.com. He's busy. His top, uh, his 32 teams are being unveiled one at a time today. Although he's dead wrong on this because this is a top five team any day of the week. Oh. I think I know you're going with your team. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, Frank's right. I'm wrong. Uh, number 22 is Denver. Well, I want to do more than just Denver. Frank, good to talk to you. By the way, just being facetious. I'm with you. Eight and eight seems to be like the season for Denver, but, uh, uh, good to talk to you, Frank Schwab. How are you? Hey, what's going on? Well, good to talk to you. Appreciate you coming on. I guess let let's start there with uh, w- with the Broncos and just how difficult it has been for Elway to replace himself. Uh, he got lucky with with Peyton Manning, who clearly saw an opportunity to get back to another championship. He did it twice, went one and one. Uh, but this team, despite the fact that they've got you know Von Miller and a lot of good players, just um, the Chargers and the Chiefs are better. <laughs>
1: It's one of the teams, you know, every year I do these these previews, and I really do deep dives on the team, read about them and study them and watch last year's game film, all this type of stuff. And there's some teams where the the, the range of outcomes is enormous. The 49ers come to mind, because I'm writing about 49ers right now. Where the 49ers could finish with four wins or ten wins, I have no idea. They're just one of those teams. With the Broncos are the total opposite. The Broncos are one of the teams, maybe the team in the NFL, where – the range of outcomes seems very narrow. They, they're not bad. I don't think this is a five and eleven football team. Really, I also don't think this is like a nine and seven football team. I just think that they're going to finish with probably seven or eight wins if everything goes really well. They may finish with nine if everything goes poorly. They might finish with six. Like, you know, it's just they kind of are who they are at this point. They, I look at this team, and they kind of need to rebuild, but they refuse to do it. I think Elway's backed himself into a corner with some of the things he said about. Life's too short to rebuild in the NFL, and this and that. I mean, this is the type of team... Well, let's put it this way. This type of team that should have traded Chris Harris. Once he yeah. said, I want to be traded or, you know, get a contract extension, well, they gave him a raise, and that's fine, but it means they're probably going to lose him next offseason and then get anything for him. You know, one of those moves. or. Why on earth would you create a fourth-round pick for Joe Flacco? You already had a mediocre quarterback. Why are you giving away a fourth-round pick? I, I just, it, 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 the moves they're making just seem to be like, but yeah, we're, we're you know, a couple things bounce, right? We're, we're, we're you know, back in contention. When I just don't think that's the truth. I think our team kind of spinning its wheels, and I'm not sure there's really a great long-term plan for them, and that's kind of played itself out here.
2: Frank, certainly the team that is the favorite in the AFC West is not those Broncos. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it? It is, and it's pretty significant. (laughs) Tyreek Hill uh, met last week with NFL investigators for eight hours. That, according to a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter, a very thorough interview is how it was put. What have you heard on that and just what's next? What what are we waiting for? What is going to be the next kind of shoe to drop or domino to drop here with Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: And you know what? This is – it gets so hard because – how do you predict anymore? The NFL is, is just everywhere. You know, I mean, it's hard to say. Well, this happened, so this was going to be the outcome because they contradict themselves a lot of times. They're not very good at the, the whole investigation thing. We talk about that, where you know, in some ways, the NFL has kind of taken upon itself to be. You know the the legislative. Uh, you know the, the another arm of the legal <laughs> legal world. When they're not, they're not. They're not the police. You know they're they're trying to do these investigations. When I don't know that they're necessarily necessarily more equipped than legal authorities to do that. So yeah, they sat down and talked to Tyreek Hill for eight hours, and, and that's great. But I think it's it's practically impossible to tell. What's going to come of that? I, I don't know. You know that they they have backed themselves into a corner by saying we don't care how the legal process works out. We're going to do this ourselves. Okay, that's that's fine, but you open yourself up to a lot of criticism when you do that. And I just don't. I have no idea right now that they could announce no games. They could announce we're going to fine you a couple paychecks, like they did with Ruben Re- Foster. They could announce six games, like they did with Ezekiel Elliott. How could you even tell at this mm-hmm. point what the NFL is thinking here?
0: Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com is our guest. Frank, there's always uh, teams that, um, this is one of the things we love about the, the NFL. It's parody. Your team stinks one year. You might be in the playoffs the next year. We see it year in and year out. So let me ask you about the two local teams that didn't make the playoffs. We saw the Chiefs, obviously, and the Bears. The Vikings and the Packers uh, were on the outside looking in last year. Is either one of those two teams significant, taking significant steps towards postseason uh, this offseason, in your opinion?
1: I'm. I'll be honest. I'm very high on the Packers. I. I, I don't know if that's the consensus. I, people who I trust, people who I like in, our, in my business, they disagree with me. They don't think the. the the Packers are really going to be that great. And I get the reasons why you're dealing with a rookie head coach who, you know, he didn't really stand out with the Tennessee Titans last year in their offense. So what what is his resume to prove that he's going to be better than Mike McCarthy? But when I look at the Packers, I think that they went about the offseason in a certain way, and I liked it. they were very aggressive in saying, you know, there's two ways to help a quarterback. You can go out and do the general thing, get, get all the receivers off of the linemen and a tight end and a running game But the Packers went the other way, and they said, you know what's going to help our quarterback? If he doesn't have to score 35 points every game, we're going to go and get pass rushers. We're going to sign Adrian Amos, the safety from the Bears. We are going to build up this defense. I think they've completely improved their pass rush, which we know is very important. I think that... Aaron Rodgers is going to be on kind of this revenge tour a little bit. I think he wants to show the world, hey, it wasn't me. It was Mike McCarthy. And I kind of think he was right. I think that McCarthy, I just don't think he was a very good coach for the Packers the last few years. Maybe Matt LaFleur is not a great coach either, but I don't think that's a downgrade at all. So when I look at the Packers, I kind of say, this is a team I can really see exploding is assuming Aaron Rodgers is back to healthy and he has enough to work with and the, uh, the receivers, I think they took a big step up. I don't think the Vikings did necessarily. I still think the talent is there. I still think I could talk myself into them having a pretty good season. But if I'm going to pick one of those two teams, I'm really high on the Packers. I think that they're going to have a really nice bounce back here.
2: You know, speaking of those Vikings, it seems like the equation is pretty simple for them. Kurt Cousins, he'll have his 4,000 yards passing. He'll have his 30 touchdowns at about 10 interceptions, kind of what he does every single year. But, it's almost in a way all hat no cattle he just he delivers stats but not wins does it come down to that equation just he's got to win football games to get back in the good graces and really do anything for this vikings team win those close games and the like
1: and i think it's beat good teams I, i think that that's kind of the you know i mean kirk cousins is one of these guys who he plays really well against bad teams and when he faces the Patriots, the Bears, the you know who. If you look at last season for the Vikings, it, it is very easy to see. You know they they won against bad teams and they lost against pretty much every single good team they played. And and Kirk Cousins is not solely responsible for that, but his play. Was so up and down against the good teams of the NFL. Or, you know, it was so mediocre against the good opponents on their schedule. You have to point the finger at him and say he's got to be better against some of these teams. He's got to, you know, like you said, pull out some of these close wins when they're, you know, when you're facing the Bears. You, you got to be better. <laughs> you want to go to the playoffs? If, if you know they're going to pay you all that money to deliver you got to be at your best against the best teams on your schedule, not just beat up the, the 49ers of the world. you you got to in a line or whoever. I, I really – it was just disappointing in that way. I think her Cousins is a decent quarterback. I really do. But it's just so troubling that, hey, beat a good team. Play well against a good team. I think that that's their problem. It's not like they don't have that upside. We saw it two years ago. so. It's there. I don't know if enough. How the coordinator change is going to help. I don't know if he's going to feel more comfortable. Second, all this stuff is very possible. But I got to see it at this point. I got to see Kirk Cousins really show out with some, you know, 325 yard, three touchdown game against the Bears or the, even the Packers. He did play well in that tie against Packers, but play better against the good teams. I think that that's just that, that's a whole key to success for the Vikings, as simple as it sounds.
0: Mm. Could this be the year that we get an L.A. versus L.A. Super Bowl?
1: i you know what? I am so high on the Chargers this so year. So am I. I know that mm. that, yeah. It's even when you guys were talking about the Chiefs being the the favorite there. I, I kind of well, maybe. I, yeah, I don't. I don't I'm with you, Frank. I'm with <laughs> you. Wow, look at yeah, you guys. If you, I'll say this: if you're just looking at rosters and you tell me who's got the most talented roster at the NFL right now as we speak, I might pick the Chargers as the best roster in the NFL. Now, the Chargers are just one of those teams that. They, they, and this has been, you know, going back to the Dan Fouts era almost. They always grew up a good thing, mm-hmm. so it's hard to trust them. It's hard to sit here and say, I'm all in on the Chargers. They're going to win a Super Bowl. But when I look at their roster, I say, who's better than these guys? They have talent everywhere. Defense is nasty. I think Derwin James is, is one of those guys. He, yep, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get crazy, but I think he's a Hall of Fame type talent. Mm-hmm. I really think he's that good that we could be talking about him in ten years. I hope I'm right. I, I really like watching him and and and, and Joy Bosa and and, and Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon and all these Philip Rivers obviously still playing at his peak. So I love what they do. The, the, there's a troubling thing, and it's we talked about this last year. They're the only team in the NFL that has no home field. Yep. They're, they, they really they played eight neutral site games and eight road games. And That's <laughs> tough. I mean, it is it is tough to not have any home field advantage whatsoever. And you know, maybe injuries get them, but they 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 always end up screwing up these games. They shouldn't screw up. They're the Chargers. But I'm telling you, as you just look at pay, on paper, they're as good as anybody. They're loaded. They they should be a Super Bowl contender. We'll see. And the Rams, yeah, they'll be right back. But. Boy, it's you know that Super Bowl hangover is real. I, I truly believe in that. Winner or loser, losers have a bad record too, because your season goes longer than it should. You make it all the way to the mountaintop and you lose thirteen to three, and then it's it's daunting to say. We had to do that all again. It was really hard to get to the Super Bowl. We we had to beat a good, you know, hot Cowboys team in round two, and we had to get really lucky to beat the Saints on a, on a no call in the Superdome. And how can we do that all again? It is daunting, and to talk early stuff too. So, I I'm probably, strangely enough, maybe more confident the Chargers made the Super Bowl than the Rams. But both teams are loaded. It should be a. It's 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 great for the NFL that both of those teams are really good in that market.
2: Frank Schwab joining us from Yahoo Sports here on Miller and Condon on KXNO. Labor deal on the horizon. Now we'll see when we actually get to it, but money coming into the league, not just TV-wise, but now with legalized sports wagering and a whole many other areas for the NFL. you think this thing gets done, and what do you think? What are going to be some of the, the major components of the labor deal whenever it does get done?
1: Boy, I, there's a lot. That's the problem. I, I mean, when, when we think about, you know, is this going to get done, I, you know, it, it always kind of ends up working out because NFL players have this short careers mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily willing to, to give to give up a year. They, they might hear, hey, it's better for the game. It's better for the guys... Ten years from now, if if you hold out an entire, or, you know, it, it stay stay away for an entire season in a labor dispute, these guys are like, I'm not going to be here in ten years. I'm not going to be here in three right. years. I, I need to make my money now, mm-hmm. and so it may it makes things really tough on those guys. So uh, to, to win a labor battle, battle like this, and there's so many different things that. They've just given up through the years. I mean, Gene Upshaw did a lot of great things for the NFL, and the NFL in a, a the NFL as a league is in a really great spot because of the things Gene Upshaw did and, and kind of the the things he agreed upon. And you know, I mean, the, the salary cap and non guaranteed contracts and all that kind of stuff. But now it's harder for the players to get that back. I mean, when they, I, I would assume that they go, they say, "We want guaranteed contracts. We want." better health care for maybe retired players. They don't want a 18-game season. They don't want Roger Goodell having all the power in the world to do whatever he wants. I mean, that is, that is something that's been a, a big stickler. So it's almost like you got to make a checklist and say, which things are most important to us right now? Is it testing for marijuana? Is it I – mean, there's, there's so many different things that I think the players want. They're not going to be able to get them all. So you've got to prioritize and see what you can win, what you can't win. And if they really dig in on something like guaranteed contracts, boy, this this could get really ugly because I don't think NFL owners want to give that up necessarily. It, I, it's hard for me to believe this is not this is going to end in a really really good way. I think that we're going to get some kind, whether it's just the summer and they're back by the preseason like last time. But this isn't going to be just some easy, hey, this goes off goes without a hitch. we got 10 more years of a new CBA. I think this one's going to get a little ugly. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, part
0: of the Shutdown Corner. If you're an NFL fan, deep dive. He's on Team 22 as uh, as we speak here today, working his way to number 1. We'll talk to you before you get to that point. Frank, thanks for what you do for us. Good to talk to you again. Enjoy the fourth long weekend. Appreciate it, Frank Schwab. No doubt. Appreciate it, guys. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab uh, joining us, YahooSports.com. Matt Poston's on the Big 12 next. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Profit
3: Organization.
1: Sports radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
0: All right. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX O. As promised, going to spend some time talking Big 12, uh, with Matt Postens, HeartlandCollegesports.com. Matt's, uh, bas- uh, college basketball, college football publication is out this week as well. We'll get into that. Matt Trenton, Ken, I want to, uh, appreciate you coming on as always. Where I want to start with you is, uh, follow you on Twitter at Poston's Postcard. Uh, you're in Louisville. I want to ask about the, uh, the Louisville Slugger, the tour, the bat factory. Is it worth it? I've been to Louisville dozens of times, and for whatever reason, I'm a baseball fan, never moved to stop there. What am I missing?
3: Well, I thought the tour was great. It only takes about 40, 45 minutes, and admission is only about 15 bucks. so I think it's a pretty good value. And I think one of the nice things about it is they, they take you through the fact, entire factory, and they only have one, so you get to see how they make all the bats and everything. And one of the coolest things that I thought they had was they had um, this boxed area where they had lumber for 30 different Major League players. And you could see the lumber that uh, they were going to craft into bats before they did it. So I got to touch um, the the future bats of players like Joey Gallo <laughs> and uh, Cody Bellinger and guys like that. Uh, they had a little nice little thing in their museum, too, where you can hold bats that former uh, Hall of Famers had, hold, had held. So game-used used bats? bats? So I held yeah, so I held uh, Pudge Rodriguez's bat and uh, Willie McCovey's bat. Um, so that was that. Was, that in itself is pretty cool, right there. So I think it's worth the price of admission. I've actually done it twice now. I did it twenty years ago. And then I did it again uh, yesterday as part of a guys' trip with a buddy of mine who turned fifty in April. So uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's worth it. And, and that downtown area in Louisville has really grown up it really over the last twenty years.
0: Yeah, it's it really that was an area some places you wanted to avoid, but you're one hundred percent about that. Well, that's uh, that's interesting information. Uh, let's get to the matter in hand. Then that's the uh, the Big Twelve and publications are are out, as you know. Uh, is yours out yet? Uh, can we talk a little bit about your college football, Americana America Yearbook, rather, before we uh, get into the Big 12? Is yours out, or is it coming out shortly?
3: It'll uh, be coming out shortly. I think we'll be out uh, early next week on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Uh, actually, we were working on it on our drive from Nashville to Evansville uh, Sunday. Our publisher and our other editor is uh, on the trip with me. and uh, It's 250-plus uh, pages. It's got information on every college football team in the country so for folks in Iowa that's everybody from Iowa and Iowa State all the way down to Iowa Central uh, uh, oh. down in the junior college ranks so uh, we cover everybody in that book and it's, it's part season preview and part uh, kind of our travels of the previous year's uh, pre- previous year we took uh, we take all the photos in the book pretty much uh, we've got um, uh, small stadium reviews for uh, stadiums in FBS and SDS and it's got our predictions and our uh, prognostications on what we think is going to be happening in the year ahead.
2: And where can you find that, uh, people that want to get the publication?
3: Uh, we're, we're on Amazon, and we're on Barnes & Noble. Our, uh, our previous versions of the yearbook are up there now, and our new version should be up there in about a week, and uh, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence is on the cover this year.
2: Good stuff. All right. Well, Matt, let's get into your expertise, and that is the Big 12. Do a lot of work there at Heartland College Sports for that. I want to ask you, four new coaches, kind of a two-part question here. Wells at Texas Tech, Climate at Kansas State, Neil Brown at West Virginia, and the incomparable Les Miles at Kansas. Of those four, who you like the most for this year? And then long-term, who do you think is going to have the most success out of the four newbies coming into the Big 12?
3: Uh, in terms of this year, I think Les Miles is going to get Kansas the most juice. Um they had, they're, they're the furthest down the pole and they have the furthest way to go. And I, and I know that they have, um, they still have a bit of a talent deficit, but you know, you look at their recruiting class after Miles got there, they were recruiting behind STS programs, uh, for the better part Eesh. of David Beatty's last year there in Kansas. And they got back up into, I think, the top 80, uh, once Les Miles arrived. So he made a significant difference talent wise. And I think they're the kind of team that can go from winning a couple of games last year to winning maybe five, eh, maybe six games, depending upon how things go. I I just feel like, you know, right now, he's exactly what they deem. Now, three, four years down the road, I think Neil Brown is the best hire. I Mm -hmm. think West Virginia did a great job of getting a coach who knows how to build a program, knows how to take the existing parts that are there in front of him and turn it into something of a a high quality. And then uh, you saw it. On the recruiting trail this year, I think he was recruiting probably better than Dana was the last couple of years, especially in state. He was keeping those four and five star guys and West Virginia doesn't have too many of them, but he's keeping some of them in West Virginia now, and that's going to be a good thing for the mountaineers long term
0: you know I'm anxious about this this season with the mountaineers they won eight football games then they go then they have eight wins last year I'm pretty sure they did um i I just don't know what there's going to be a there's going to be a They're going to fall in the standings. I I just don't see any other way around it. Are they a a bowl team, do you think?
3: I think they're a bowl team, but I I also agree with you that I think they will take a step back. I mean, it sounds like – I was reading something on uh, mountaineersports.com the other day, and it sounds like their quarterback situation is still in a bit of flux. And when you consider that Austin Kendall transferred there uh, from Oklahoma, you would think he would be the guy going into fall camp, but it sounds like there's at least a little – wiggle room there uh, for somebody else to work their way into the starting lineup. Um, you know, Not just losing Will Greer, but also losing David Sills, losing the guys they lost on defense. I think naturally they're going to take a step back, but I still think they're a six- or a seven-win team at least in that conference because uh, you know, Neil Brown brought in enough young talent, some of which I think is actually going to have to play this year to keep them in the hunt to at least get to a bowl game. And for West Virginia, they take that step back this year, but with the way that Neil Brown is recruiting, I think they take that step forward in 2020.
2: Team, I'm still struggling with. it. At this point, we're in July. We've been reading through magazines and publications, trying to get everything figured out. Oklahoma State, I just I don't have a feel for Gundy's group. He's won double-digit games six of the last nine years, but last year was a step back to seven and six. Help me out here. What do you see out of the Cowboys?
3: I'd love to help you out, but I'm kind of in the same boat. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the same stuff you're reading, and I'm scratching my head like, I can't figure out if this team is going to be really good and be really challenging to Oklahoma and Texas and Iowa State, or if they're going to be like they were last year you know, when they won six games and got to a bowl game. I mean there to me i agree with you completely they are the biggest question mark in the conference in terms of which way they go and i think it's because again at quarterback they're they're not as settled as they have been in years past you know when you look at their quarterback situation you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go i don't really know who the starter is going to be i mean you think it's going to be this one particular guy but they're like at west virginia there's enough of a gap where it could be two or three different guys so Um, you know, losing Justice Hill, I think was the biggest thing for them offensively. Him deciding to go to the NFL a year early. He was a guy that I was hoping would stay for a senior year and really give them some ballast and give them some stability in that offense. Without him in the backfield, uh, they've got some great talent. Tylen Wallace is a terrific wide receiver and he's going to be in the Bletnikoff race, assuming they have a guy that can get in the football consistently.
0: Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. Uh the Hill thing. I think David Montgomery was the best running back uh in, in the conference, uh, but if it wasn't Montgomery it was it was Justice Hill. Uh and that's that's so tough to overcome and especially when you have the questions of quarterback like they do. All right, let, let's move on. And where I wanna go with you is to K state because I was hoping you'd say climbing. I'll be honest, I'm kinda rooting for the guy. Yeah. Um I don't know why. I like I like the story of North an Dakota Island State. From Waterloo. Well, that might have something to do with it. Um but I just wonder how big of a I mean, Bill Snyder was there for such a, such a legend. Chris Kyman kind of seems like a guy that's going to be able to eventually walk in those shoes, but will he?
3: Well, I think the one advantage he has is that he had to replace a guy at North Dakota State and Craig Boll, who you know maybe not necessarily a legend, but a guy who had had huge success before he took over. Boll led them to three national championships in a row. And then Cleman took the job, and then he did basically the same thing at North Dakota State. So uh, you know, from that standpoint, I think he understands what it takes, what it requires to follow a guy who has had unprecedented success at their university. I think the problem for him right now is that it's the same problem. And it, it, It's the same problem that exists in this conference. If you don't have stability at quarterback you've got problems, because the conference is so offensive-minded. Not that there isn't defense being played in this conference. I I don't agree with that conceit, but if you don't have stability at quarterback, you're going to have a hard time competing. And based on what I saw at quarterback last year, they don't have a lot of stability at that position. It's not that they can't craft it over the course of the season, but that's going to be their biggest question and their biggest hurdle this year. I think they have the potential to be a bowl team. I like the kind of offense that Kleeman ran at uh, North Dakota State. and He's going to bring that down to Kansas State, so there's going to be a little bit more passing. Uh, there's going to be a little bit more... Uh, action coming out of the backfield in terms of, you know, play action and things like that based on what I saw at North Dakota State. But, uh, you know, again, the the stability question of quarterback leads me to believe that at least in year one and year two, they're probably going to have some problems reaching six, seven, eight wins. But long-term, I agree with you. I think he has the ability to be a tremendous coach in this conference.
2: Last thing for me, I'll have Ken finish up with you here. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. We saw Kyler Murray in his only year as a starter what he did, a back-to-back Heisman for Oklahoma coming down the heels uh, of what they had there before with, uh, with another Heisman winner. Yeah. What about Hertz? How, How does he fit? How does the system work for him in your mind?
3: That's a really interesting question. And we were talking about that during our trip this weekend. Uh, I think we all agree that Hertz is a pretty good fit at Oklahoma. I think what will ultimately make him a great fit at Oklahoma is whether or not he can handle the volume of work that he's going to get in that offense. I mean, I felt like Jalen Hurts had a good career at Alabama, but that offense at Alabama is a lot different than, different than that offense at Oklahoma. He's not going to be throwing the ball, you know, eighteen, twenty two times a game like he was at Alabama. He's going to be throwing the football probably anywhere from twenty six to thirty two times a game at least at Oklahoma. And you know, can he handle that kind of volume from an accuracy standpoint and from an avoiding mistakes standpoint? Those to me are the two things that are going to stand between him and being at that level of a Baker Mayfield or a Kyla Murray in that offense. It's not a question of whether or not Oklahoma is going to win eight or nine games. They're probably going to win eight or nine games. The question is whether or not they're going to win 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and win the conference. And the difference is going to be how Jalen Hurts handles that jump from 18 to 22 passes a game to 25 to 30 passes
0: a game. Uh, Matt Poston, heartlandcollegesports.com. Matt, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll look forward to your uh, publication coming out next week, and when it does, shoot us a text or an email. We'll uh, give you a... Uh, we'll publicize it for you. Happy to do so. Matt, thanks for what you do for us. We'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Hour 2 coming up next. Miller & Condon, 1460 KXML.